episode 85 of the View from Jamestown podcast edition is our Christmas and January episode, our December and January 2023 combo episode. We talk all things about the recent Compounders Conference, about what's happening with some specific downstream industries, a potential massive combination of two powerhouses in the chemical distribution industry. We have a logistics update from our, our partner at the logistics company and obviously start talking about trade shows for 2023. So stay tuned and thanks for listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The View from Jamestown podcast edition. This is episode 85 and this is our Christmas in January, uh, December slash January 2023 episode. We got the Full crew here kicking off the new year in our snazzy new sweatshirts. Yes. Um, from left to right, we have TCC President Rob Roach, BPS Sales and Marketing AJ Petrarca, Inside Sales Manager Nicole Greenberg, and Latin American Operations Manager Javier Fernandez. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy, Happy New, new year. year. Happy New Year. Jinx. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas if you say Christmas. that. So politically correct these days. Yes, absolutely. All these these snazzy sweatshirts we have going on here. What do you think, Javi? I I love them. I love them. (laughs) I mean, they have my face. They do. They have. Who's got the Zach? You zooming in on Nicole here? Who's got the Who's got the zoom lens? So we (laughs) we have a a great graphic of Javi's face that actually scans a QR code um, to his WhatsApp. How I mean, how cool is that? We always we always joke. Javi says WhatsApp me. So we figured, (laughs) yeah, we figured why not put it on a sweatshirt and it it's scannable. It's Awesome. It, it so, works. Really it actually work. works. It does. It does. So, so we'll, are we uh, going to break this out at a trade show or when? when <laughs> absolutely. I mean, why yeah. not? Like, hey, what what better time than the present? <laughs> why not? Why not? What's yep. on me? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just get us into the holiday spirit a little bit, and yep. you know, remind us that Javi's always available. And it really does work. <laughs> if you want the QR code, we'll put it like George. We'll put it like here. You put the QR code right about there. You can scan it and send Avi a WhatsApp just to just to prove that it prove that it works. I'm always available anytime. Um, well, I mean, I sleep sometimes, but uh, I'm always available. <laughs> You're getting, getting some rogue WhatsApp messages. Apologies in advance for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, but with uh, with travel and stuff going on late December, we ended up pushing this to the first week of January, so we have a little combo Jan- uh, December January episode. Been a lot going on last couple weeks. Um, some trade shows and travel, both personally and uh, the World Cup. Don't forget. Don't forget the World Cup. Don't forget the World Cup. Cup. Yeah. You want to give a little summary of the World Cup? Well, you know. No, Argentina won. Messi won, and I was very happy to to see that. You we know? were very happy. I was very happy. <laughs> so happy. So happy you missed your flight. So, <laughs> <laughs> so happy I missed my flight. That, that's another story. But that's that for the February podcast. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, the 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 notice, the short, the short, <laughs> the short story. But uh, I was so happy about it that. Uh, Watching the PKs, I missed my flight. So. <laughs> um, but okay, but Messi won, so I was happy. I, I got to my destination 24 hours later, but uh, I was on a standby, and it was uh, it was it was messy. It was messy, messy. <laughs> <laughs> but all's well that ends well, right? Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was worth it. You and your wife got split up when you finally made it, which was probably good news because if you had to sit next to each other for three hours, yeah. she probably wouldn't have been too pumped. With it. No, no, not at all. <laughs> um. And Nicole officiated her first wedding. I did. I did. Yep. For my lovely sister and her now husband. So congrats to the Pazes. Um, And I also met my my nephew. Um, They have a one month old. So um, little baby Mason uh, got to finally meet him. And yeah, so lots of lots of great stuff to, to, you know, round out 2022 and ring in 2023 with. Yep. I was pretty much local. You were pretty much local. Rob, I think you're in Block a little bit. In Block Island for a little bit. Yeah, that was after Christmas. But yeah, mainly local. Yeah, it not was a, good. Not a bad thing. Yeah. 
Um, After we got over the whole uh, COVID outbreak or yeah. whatever, <laughs> there was a lot of travel. There was some stuff going on, but we also had, everybody had something. It seemed like in December. But, yeah. uh, and going back even a couple weeks before that, obviously we were in DC. We haven't had an episode since we were in DC, but the Compounders Conference was a good couple of days down there. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, DC was fun and the uh, all the presentations were really interesting. It was, it was a good show and a, a, a good turnout. Probably where I picked up COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, Unfortunately, so. especially DC in December isn't necessarily you know one of the hot spots that people want to jump to. But um, yeah, uh, given that, too, I think it I was think... that first night where we were in like a, a twenty by twenty room <laughs> with like one hundred and fifty people. I was like, oh my god. But other than that, no, the the presentations were really interesting, and uh, you know, it was good to it was good to see the, the amount of people there that in attendance. It was uh, it was it was quite quite a, a big attendance for you know just before christmas yeah very much so yep um so i guess just talking in general just over the last couple months stuff that we learned from the compounders conference talking to people i mean how's stuff going in general i think november and december are normally slower months and probably maybe exacerbated a bit by just kind of everything that's been going on and stuff really being slow in, in q4 but um you know how how to how things go overall november december slow yeah. yeah. Weird. Yeah. yeah everything's everything's <laughs> yeah. weird. Like yeah. things are still expensive when a lot of folks expect the prices to be coming back down. It's just uh I don't know. It's it's just everything's weird right now. It seems like things are definitely picking up in January so far. We're only a couple work days into it, but it seems seems busier than November and December so far. But yeah. um, you know, we'll see where that goes. Yeah, actually last night looked up the definition of recession and it's uh it's two quarters in a row of uh, you know, uh decline in trade and decline you know it's usually a factor of gdp my conclusion is we're in a recession i mean there, there's no doubt about it we've been in a recession since july obviously russia's in a recession since the beginning of last year because of you know all of the uh you know western european and and, and american uh i guess you what sanctions and yep. they have no revenue from oil they have no revenue from gas western europe same thing. They've been in a recession since early last year. China, what, two, three years of recession now at this point with their COVID policy and they're basically shutting down of the whole country. We're in a global recession, you know, so it's sort of like, you know, I was just like, why, why is everybody always arguing of when is a recession coming? Usually they don't say there's a recession until we've had one. Right. We, we had one. I mean, we saw it starting in July and AJ's right. It's been weird. You know, it's been just amazing uh, demand to flat, to almost none, to high-priced inventory, to high cost still, you know, and uh, and now we're, we're hopefully going to, I think we're, to AJ's point, I think we're going to be in recovery here. I think uh, there's going to be some uh, increased demand, and I think things will get better from here, hopefully. Yeah, yeah that was one of the notes I had down from the Compounders Conference. They usually end the show with, plastics uh chief economist who always does a good job on kind of a general overview of the industry and his kind of two cents was stuff's still going to grow i mean it might be lower growth maybe we've had three four or five percent growth the last couple of years but it's still going to grow i think he said 0.5 percent or one percent per quarter so things are going to grow it's maybe a slower rate but it's not like things are minus eight percent like there's i think trying to grab headlines and clickbait and all that good stuff people like to talk about recession and doom and gloom but the reality is things are okay i mean right. based, on, based on the numbers so that was an interesting kind of perspective and reeling stuff back in a little bit. They're okay for us. And therefore we're sort of, you know, a shining light in the world. And now we're seeing like massive amounts of offers from Asia for really low prices, which 
you know, everybody's sort of speculating that's going to dry up once China boosts things and, and demand picks back up. But, you know, we definitely saw that in the fourth quarter. I mean, we were calling it in July where we said oh, the fourth quarter is going to be ridiculous. And, and it was, but it wasn't as bad as we thought, you know, not by all means, it was, was not that bad. Yeah. So, yeah, the import thing seems interesting. We were just talking about it, you know, getting prices on things that we normally sell here. There's a lot of interest in importing product because the U.S. seems to be doing better than a lot of other places in the world. So there's a lot of abroad production that wants to place material here because yeah. there's demand for it. And, and there, yeah, the, you know. the demand still says the, the demand's still there. So people are looking to place it here. The U.S. still strong, so they're looking they're looking to place material here. Yeah, yeah, kind of across a, a bunch of products it seems. Yeah, from all over the world. And despite the World Cup win in Argentina, Latin America is a bit of a mess right now. You know, with Peru, yeah. especially Europe, yeah, is uh, is in a lot of turmoil. Yeah, it it is it is sad what's going on in Peru. Um, amongst uh, a lot of a lot of the governments are not doing well in Latin America, so it's it's sad it's sad to see. Yeah, how are things? Uh, you know, I guess in Mexico and, and other customers or suppliers in Latin America, have you been talking about? They're in holiday. They're in holiday. Of course they are. <laughs> How, how long does their holiday typically last? It depends. Like some, 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 some went back on on January third, so it was yesterday. On on some coming back on the ninth, so they take a two week holiday. So it's. it's I a, think. I think the question is, when do they work? <laughs> yeah, right. That's <laughs> what are work days? <laughs> yeah. So I think Brazil is still in holiday, and then they have a huge holiday in February, which is a carnival. So it's uh, so Brazil. It's a, they they like their holidays. They, they do it right. The the holiday right now is just New Year's holiday. Yeah, just New Year's. Yeah, thing. yeah. Venezuela's also in holiday, and yeah, not, not many people are working, but they they're coming back slowly, trickle trickle down. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So but but they ha- they place their orders before they left, so they have material incoming. Uh, it's eight weeks out, so they so when they when they come, the materials at the port. So Brazil. Venezuela, the Fernandez household, all, all, all three are out till, till next week. I was in Colombia for two weeks, so I, I was part of the group. So, yeah. <laughs> um, how has things been? So you said people were placing orders, obviously pre-holidays. Pre-holidays, has, has yeah. Okay? No, November, November, they were placing orders for for January arrival. So yeah, yeah. So things things have been okay. So they're up on planning at least. Oh, in, yeah. in that regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they used to import, so so they used to the long lead times and and. and and they plan. They they they're good planners. Are you seeing a lot of like competition with places like we are in the U.S. with people just looking to place material there? Yes, and... from from other places that are not common common. They're like dumping material. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, all other places that are not usually in Latin America now they're entering, and it's not a big market. Uh, so it's a lot of competition for a small piece of business. Yeah. It's amazing how people envision it as a big market. You know? Yeah, and it's not. No. No, it's no, not. It's very not. small. It's still very small. Like Central America, is, there's nothing there. Yep. Colombia is small. Peru is very small. Ecuador is very small. So the, the two working horses are, are Mexico and Brazil. Those are the two main. And it depends on which industry you look at it. They're not that big. Compared to the and US. Mexico's got a lot of self reliance and U.S. you know mm-hmm. supply and yeah they have easy from China easy from Europe you know yeah. you come in from yeah Mexico has I think the most free trade agreements in any country in the world hmm. so you can and they have good labor uh, very high skill labor so it's, uh, Mexico's good good place to to open business and, and work there yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, so I guess, you know, it's only been a couple of days in the new, new year, but I would agree. I think things seem like they've been busier. I know you've been busy on the sample front, people looking at R&D stuff, which is good still. That that seems like it's going to continue to be a trend here in the yeah, first quarter. I would definitely say so. And even, you know, new development side, um, you know, we've been extremely busy. So uh, sourcing new products from, from all over. Um, so, yeah, that's been been strong and solid. So looking forward to you know, a robust 2023 with that. And what were the lab people doing this first first half of the year? <laughs> That's a good maybe, question. maybe they were on holiday. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it seems like they all of a sudden came out of the woodwork and, you know, everyone's looking for, you know, sourcing different products and even offsets to material. Well, and that's the other thing, offsets to materials that they are having issues with getting that they need for production. So, are they looking for like new technologies or like second sourcing or, or a mix of both? I, I think it's a, a good mix of both, um, especially as people are pushing the sustainability front and trying to see how they can, you know, make their uh, formulations more, you know, to adhere with the sustainability push that everyone is, um, you know, on right now uh, and is going to continue to grow. I think that there's a good mix of, you know, even the second source and making sure that their approved um, source of supplies are, you know, solid across the board. Yeah, I think the first half of the year was just a lot of scrambling, just, you know, your prior first three sourcing options or supply options were out of materials. So now you got emergency approve number four, five, and six. Yep. You know, even if it's just mm-hmm. if you're approving a fourth source of DIMP, you just got to do those lab trials. It's, it's just emergency approvals of things versus like strategic new stuff and sustainability and all that kind of stuff kind of takes a backseat when you can't get material from anywhere else. So Exactly. And you don't realize how many companies out there, especially, you know, larger, but their systems work where they have to have an approval for every single supplier, manufacturer in their system in order to place an order for that material. So I think that has, you know, dr- driven a big push for them to be proactive in, in sourcing on their ends as well, to make sure that any option that they have available, if there is a big uh, gap in supply from one area, they're covered in, in another. So yeah. it's nice to see the proactiveness. It is. One uh, one big headline that we hadn't talked about, I think originally came out in December and then I've seen some updated notes about this week was potentially uh, you know, Brentag and Univar joining forces or Univar being taken over by Brentag, whichever way it was potentially going. You know, obviously, these are the number one and two chemical distributors in the world by sales. Brentag's like $11 billion. Univar's like $5 billion. Um, saw yesterday that it sounds like those talks have halted for whatever reason. Um, sounds like Univar is still potentially open to other acquisitions, whether it means them being bought or or purchasing other distributors and, and bringing them under their umbrella. Um, but even though th- that doesn't look like it's moving forward, obviously showcases the significant you know M and A interest that's been over the past couple of years um, in the chemical industry. With you know even kind of goes to show that even some of these kind of behemoths in the industry like Univar are not uh, you know out of the question of potentially being bought, sold, taken over. It's, it was, I think when you first heard that, it was kind of crazy news. And then all of a sudden you started seeing the stories that it was a, a, a legitimate conversation. So I, I didn't believe it at first. I, yeah. I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was like the April fools or something like that. <laughs> yeah. We speculated, uh, while well, I'd heard rumors and, uh, I'd put it out there and, um, an email just to, just saying, Hey, I'm hearing rumors of, and everybody came back and they were like, 
last night. No way, not a chance. <laughs> yeah. Can't happen. Which we won't name names, but the person that originally said it, like you're like, yeah, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true. Yeah, <laughs> yes, suspect a little bit. <laughs> but it was, but it, you know, a day later, or whatever, you know, the article started coming out, and I don't think it was like a week because there was a, there was definitely like a, a, a solid, you know, five days of banter yeah. about, you know, would it be approved you know right. would that merger be approved and that was a big question yeah if you will europe europe really would be i mean us i mean exxon mobil i mean like we allow mega mergers here but europe is much more um you know they they have rules and and, and guidelines that they probably would have create headwinds for such a yeah. such a large merger but uh yeah i mean i think to your original point that nobody nobody is free of discussions when it comes to M&A nowadays because that's a, a strategy of most of our competition is is growth by acquisition so um yeah it's crazy but it, it it's ended uh, and I don't think it's going to ever I don't think the discussion will ever end I think they are always want to have this monster mm. come together they want to control the markets really is really what it boils down to and that, well, just to remind the world we're not for sale right right right, right. <laughs> we are not for, we're not for sale we're here yes. for the long run we're here for the employees and their families, just making sure that that's... That's correct. That's TCC, absolutely my, my true. Son, my son Joaquin will work here that's one right. day, <laughs> and I'm here to stay. So your, son, your son Joaquin's going to be your boss someday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it doesn't mean we can't buy someone, Javier. Yeah. We could always buy somebody. We can always, yeah, we can, yeah, but we're not for sale. Send send the offers in. We'll take a look. But, yeah. you know, um, but no, not right now and, and, and for the foreseeable future. We are not for sale, so we're really here to to do the work. Ben. Mm -hmm. You know that's what we're here for. Yep, and it's just so many little of us, you know, we, because so many mergers and acquisitions. I mean, the family owned or an operated business are just just the rare kind. Yeah, they are yep. nowadays. They are. Yeah. Well, we're having too much fun to to end this run. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Um, speaking of a couple of specific industries, I know we, we heard a bunch about the construction construction industry and the automotive industry back to that compounders conference. Um, you know, a lot of strength expected, I think in the construction industry, both for, uh, commercial, for residential, obviously Florida's recovering from a bunch of hurricanes here in the last, you know, last couple of months and last couple of years. So that's really driving a lot of, uh, construction activity and, and need for materials down in Florida. Um, so that was that was a I think a bright spot that came out of the compounds conference. That's a I think an industry that's expected to keep growing, maybe pivot a little bit away from uh, commercial and more towards residential as there's more work from home and consolidation, whatever you want to call it, and, and needing commercial space. But I think there's a lot of optimism for construction. I think we see it in, in our business that I think of all industries, maybe that's one that's remained steady at least. So I thought that was an interesting uh, presentation or, or part of the presentation. Yeah, the, I mean we're still behind in. Uh, housing builds for people that want it, so that's why you've seen such an increase in the value of real estate. And and they're they're saying even in, in the future, you know, uh, three to five years, we're still going to be behind uh, because of there was a, such a massive dip uh, in two thousand nine ish, and then a recovery from there. But um, you know, we're definitely hearing um, from people that you know people are are going to western florida to find work at this point so it's not necessarily across the country that it's uh, robust around here it still remains robust i think along the coast will remain robust as as people sort of the population moves to towards the coast um yeah really interesting and that's going to remain strong and um 
you know, natural disasters have become a, a massive impact on our industry because when they when they hit, they're, they're monsters nowadays yeah. because there's been so much building going on. There's so much build up. And when there's an impact from a natural disaster right now, we've got, you know, this massive uh, amount of rain hitting California after three years of drought. I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be some devastating things, but uh, yeah. So it's nice to have a bright spot. I mean, automotive is not so bright, you know, uh, coatings has not been so bright, but it should pick up with uh, housing. Yep. Um, you know, all of the uh, construction materials are certainly uh, going to remain strong. So, yeah, that's a bright spot for sure. Yeah, it seems like the chip shortage was a, a hot topic kind of over the summertime. And as I feel like I've heard a little bit less about it, but it seems like it's still a massive kind of handicap for the automotive industry. I know they're talking about building plants here, but that's two, three, four years out. So that seems like it's going to be a, a major restraint on the automotive industry kind of indefinitely until they can I've heard there's a massive amount of chips now. Yeah? Yeah, uh, you know, from our logistics business and... And, uh, and elsewhere, we've heard that there's warehouses full of chips yep. and just the demand's not there. And also, you can't ship chips to Russia, you sure. know, so there's, you know, there's certain areas of the world, certain, you know, people, certain, uh, you know, countries that aren't allowed to get these anymore. And that's taken a lot of the, the demand out. So, yep. you know, I don't think that's as much of an issue uh, right now. And also, to me, it's kind of amazing to see how quickly people or at least the industry is moving toward electric cars. I mean, there's a lot less products in electric cars versus, you know, petrol cars. So, um, so that's happening very rapidly too. And so, uh, that's going to impact demand overall into, uh, that, you know, automotive sector. There was one, one of the presentations at the compounders conference was on the automotive stuff and it talked about electric vehicles and it talked about the importance of like how much the cars weigh, which I thought was mm -hmm. interesting. Like they basically need to remake all the materials that go into electric cars because in a standard car, they're too heavy. Right. So you need different panels, different drivetrains, different, you know, even down to the wire and cable, you want as light of wire and cable as possible. Different which polymers is, is what it comes down to, yeah, you know. Which and, I thought was interesting. It's something oh, yeah. you to think about, but you don't just take a gas engine out, put an electric in, engine in and let it go. It's you got to redevelop the whole car. Kind of crazy. Absolutely. Um, all right, moving on. We have a, a sponsored update by our partners at the logistics company. Speaking of freight, good timing. Uh, so we'll kick it over to TLC and see what's going on in the world of logistics. Morning, Joe. Morning, Jamie. How you guys doing? Morning, Ben. Morning, Ben. Happy, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Beat me to it. Beat me to it. I've decided that today will be the last day I say Happy New Year anymore. That's it. Like it's, we're, we're, it's done. It's, today's Wednesday. It's the 4th. <laughs> Somebody said it should go through like Friday. Like, oh, you, you say Happy New Year until the first week of the year. Like, no, I'm done. No, no, yeah, no. Today's, today's the end. How you guys doing? Had a good uh, holiday, Christmas, New Year. Christmas is great. Yeah, absolutely. New Year, the uh, the fam got the flu, so. Perfect. We, yeah, Perfect. We're, we're fully recovered, thankfully, but it was a uh, quiet and relaxing, for the most part, New Year. How about you guys? Did you make your way to Buffalo and get stuck in seven feet of snow? Or No, <laughs> did, thank God. Did make this year? No, we, uh, we did... Uh, Buffalo for Thanksgiving, so we uh, side-skirted the blizzard of Christmas this year, which was, we, we got plenty of pictures and Absurd. updates, and oh, it was it was terrible. Like, so, how much snow, like, did your, whoever's still in Buffalo, your mother-in-law or parents, like, how much did they actually get? Like, what are we... Four feet of snow. <laughs> it's which, ridiculous just even to say. Yeah. Uh, by Buffalo standards, that's not terrible, but it came so quickly, and the wind was just whiteout conditions that yeah. basically every, they pulled the plows, which I've never heard that happen before. Um, and Like it was too bad the plows could even go out? They, it was not safe for the plows to be out there. Um yeah, you can imagine a, uh, you know, seven ton 
plow going down the road, not knowing where he's going, that yeah. could wreak some havoc. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was interesting hearing some of the stories. My buddy's dad, unfortunately, skidded off the road and was stuck in his car for 36 hours uh, with one of his coworkers. So hearing some of the stories, it was pretty <laughs> wild. Yeah, exactly. You uh, coworkers, best friends real quick in that scenario. Crazy. And uh, yeah, it was, it's, it happened very quickly, but thankfully friends, family, everybody turned out okay. So, and we were safe and sound here in Rhode Island. So yeah, instead of getting rain and it's 50 degrees here, like yeah. this is not January. Yeah. It sucks. I know. How is the uh, how is the world of logistics these days? I know we're obviously coming off of uh, Christmas, New Year, Thanksgiving, which typically a slow time of year, and things maybe kind of skewed off. And I know on the TCC side, we've kind of hit the ground running. It seems like this first week of January with stuff picking up, people obviously back to work. Are you guys seeing a pickup uh, this week as well, or kind of a slow slow ramp back up in 2023 here? How's how's things looking for you guys? I think it's starting to definitely pick back up. I think everybody was. Um saying Q1 was going to be kind of the kickoff um, in especially dealing with so many of the, uh, the chemical industry. I think a lot of people kind of take most of December to shut it down and whether it's the plants manufacture themselves or the sales teams kind of coast into the new year. So I think everybody's scrambling to get back up again. And, um, you know, there's, there's still stuff on the water that's arriving to ports and <clears throat> stuff that needs to get to where it's where it's going. So yep. um, we're definitely starting to pick back up again. We're hearing uh, more requests out there, so it's promising for sure. How's uh, logistic? Like the logistics behind logistics. How's availability and, and truck availability and things like that been in general? You guys stuff still been opening up a bit, or has it gotten tighter? Well, I'd say availability has been pretty good. I mean, with the holiday schedules, it's always tough to you know get things lined up perfectly. Um, but to the point of, you know, the week before Christmas and the week before New Year's, the last two weeks, basically, for us. I mean, usually the market is slow, and this year really wasn't any different. Um, you know, I, as Joe mentioned, like this week, even just coming back into the office this week, things are certainly picking back up, which we tend to see. Um, there's a little bit of a lag, even, you know, coming in after New Year's, which it's not the ordinary but uh you know things are picking back up so it should ramp up even a bit more you know going into next week yep. uh availability still looks pretty good across the board um not too many issues getting things moved uh from the rail side you know that has been the biggest issue i think the last month or so probably going back to about thanksgiving just slow communication from railroads, slow service. Um, and, you know, the federal boards, the transportation boards are getting a little involved on that, trying yeah. to help out where they can. You chalk some of that up to the talks about, like, the strikes in labor unions or people taking time off with holidays and trying to manage actually having people in the office to move some of this stuff or maybe a little bit of everything? I'd say probably a little bit of everything. Um, I know there are some railroads, like, I think Union Pacific is one, uh, but there are some, you know, trying to play with their schedules as far as who, you know, how many train operators they have on a train. And I think some of them are trying to like figure out how to do it with one operator per train yep. um, to try and, you know, keep things moving with less people on them, um, which would be great in theory. Um, we'll see how that works out because it seems like a lot for one person to do, but yeah, yeah. we'll see. 
Well, probably goes back to the truck driver shortage and some of the ways they're trying to get more drivers, decreasing the age, the minimum age to get a CDL and whatnot, which, again, sounds good in theory, but you're putting even younger and younger people on the road, maybe not so great, maybe less experience and whatnot. So a lot of things people are trying to do to, to help with availability, which is obviously the right conversations to be having, but just a matter of how that actually all shakes out. In the actual practical use, yeah. I mean, the driver shortage is something that has been at the forefront of logistics complications from forever i mean at this point it's you know not going away so any any creative you know thought process we can try and put out there i think is is well worth trying to execute yeah you know yeah i think i mean to joe's point like logistics the driver shortage that's been around for a while but i think now we're starting to see you know the employment shortages in other sectors it's kind of just across the board at this point where we have less workers than we need yeah. right now. And it doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon, just looking at population metrics. Yeah. How about the the dollars and cents side of things? I think we saw the fuel surcharges are trickling back down, which is good news. I know obviously gas prices have come down a bit, which hopefully will help with some logistical costs. Yeah, I mean, uh, recent update, December was one of the lowest uh, pricing months that uh, truckers have seen in quite a while. Um, I know we've discussed it before. I, they can only go so low before right. a trucker's just going to sit, yeah. you know, and, and try and take a local run rather than doing anything long haul. Yeah. Um, but again, that's promising for regulating back to, you know, 2020, late 2020 through 2021 pricing where it was nosebleed pricing everywhere yeah. you saw. And it was just, yeah. hey, I've got a truck in hand. Do you want it or not? You know, I think this is at least kind of correcting a little bit of that. So, uh, 2023 should see that potentially normalize through the first half, I would say. And, and I, I don't know that it can go much lower. And, and that might be an indication of where the economy itself is going, which hopefully is not the case. How about on the rails? Is stuff getting more expensive, less expensive? Is it kind of stagnant? Are there any big changes on rail costs coming into this year that you've seen? Well, so the big thing that a lot of people are working around is, you know, insurance requirements and things like that. So those costs, I mean, from what I've seen, insurance costs tend to be going up. Um, the actual rail freight, I would say rail freight's pretty stagnant right now. It's kind of plateaued. It's not really coming down. But usually, I mean, we, we always talk about, you know, logistics being a reactionary type market. It's yep. not quite as, you know, it's not quite as leading as, you know, the chemical market or anything like that um, because it kind of just reacts to what those markets do. So... Rail is even more reactionary because rail, even your fuel surcharges and things are, you know, three months behind sure. what the schedule is. They just go off of the historic numbers. Uh, so like right now we're working off of, I believe it's October fuel prices for rail. So rail is always going to lag behind a little bit. I think it's pretty much plateaued. I think we may see it come down a little, but rail prices normally don't come down much that insurance piece is that other new insurance requirements for 2023 or is it just insurance costs in general are going up it's primarily insurance costs in general going up but there are some requirements on you know flammable liquids and things like that that you know we've run into across the board that just some car leasing companies some railroads uh different parts of you know canada different countries and things like that require different insurance levels a good time to get with your logistics partners or department and make sure all your insurances are in line and good to go for the year absolutely and i think that's what separates you know 
TLC and in general is we always have our T's crossed and our I's dotted. You know, we uh, we definitely do our due diligence when it comes to all of that and making sure that our customers and uh, their their freight is always insured to the max and yep. gives them the peace of mind in that regard. I'm glad you said that correctly because in my head I said like T's dotted and I's crossed. So I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you said that the correct way. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a second, but we made sure we get there. Um, but it's we're, we're past Christmas, we're past New Year's, we're past Thanksgiving, which means looking forward to some travel. I think as well coming up here soon. Yeah, the uh, conferences are are going to be stacking up here in another uh, couple months. So we'll we'll be back out on the road, uh, traveling, hitting it. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. Getting some uh, some new customers, meeting with existing customers. So good time of year. Beautiful. Well, appreciate appreciate you guys coming on. Appreciate the the partnership and obviously the ongoing logistics updates. So I'm sure we'll have you on a uh, another episode here soon, and talk to you guys soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Ben. And as always, go Bills. Thanks, Ben. Moving on, uh, January slash winter seasonal products, featured products. Um, talking a little bit about pricing and things like that. What's uh, what's going on with with products these days? Anything? Obviously, we're I guess sort of in the middle of winter, although it's rainy and dreary out. We haven't had a drop of snow yet, so I don't know if you really call it winter. But uh, obviously, looking at some of those seasonal winter products, you know, methanol, glycols have been a hot topic and picking up the last month or two. Yeah, November was uh, methanol was our highest volume product, not not in dollars because it's cheap, but it was you know we had a lot of Q4, uh, November, December. We had a lot of snow, ice, rain uh, mixture. So uh, methanol demand really popped uh, at that time. So, and glycols kicked kicked in right there too with the, uh, you know, a bit of a, not, certainly not the demand we've seen in the past for downhole or antifreeze and things like that. But um, so glycol was there. And then there's, you know, obviously some de-icing products that we have that's, you know, sort of uh, moving along. So the commodities are doing uh, pretty well. The The seasonal commodities are doing well. One thing that I didn't add in the beginning, which we definitely should probably talk about, is obviously some of the tariff exemptions getting uh, continued. Our, our resident tariff expert, AJ Pacharka, would be happy to report on, <laughs> happy to, happy to report on this. I, had no, I am no way, shape, or form any expert, but no, we did, uh, we did hear that the tariffs are extended, or the tariff exemption, I'm sorry, the tariff exemption will be extended, um, I believe, to September 2023 that, yep. they, that they announced. So... Um, yep. You know, if you're buying products that fall into the, the exemption now, that's going to continue until September 2023. So that's uh, that's a good thing. Less uh, less mess. <laughs> yeah, 25% less mess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's just it's just messy because you know there's potentially rebates, but you don't really know where you right. stand with you know. And if you don't uh, apply on time, you don't get them. You know, they they just they eliminate them, and and it, and it's up to them whether they want to give it or not. Right. You know, so it's uh, it is messy. But that's good news. Obviously, the, I think the biggest product. That it affects for us is obviously dicey. So obviously a relatively expensive product that the twenty five percent certainly didn't help with any pricing. So that's obviously a relief to a lot of our a lot of our customers and customers in general buying dicey that the exemptions got extended. Yeah, and it just so happens that you know as soon as that announcement happened, the dicey prices popped in China. So I don't know if that was uh, you what know a, by, a, by design. What but, a coincidence! <laughs> yeah. So um, always interesting to see the you know, effects of things, but yeah. I mean, it's it's important to point out that that's an exemption that so they're free of the tariff. Most of what we're still bringing from our offices in China still has a 25% duty on top of, I mean, tariff on top of duty. And interestingly, we were communicating with our office prior to, uh, you know, shutting down a couple of days for Christmas. Really not much, you know, we didn't shut down too much, but it was interesting to hear our 
manager uh, say that everyone there was sick. They said up to a billion people were sick with COVID. Uh, and this was just weeks after they stopped the, you know, the, 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 the COVID shutdown. And, um, and she was hoping that things would recover in about a month. But I mean, you know, I, I don't think we were getting the full scale of the massive spread that's happened and, and the, the blunt ending and how that's the one thing I'll say about, I guess the one good thing I'll say about the uh, vaccines, I don't have much good to say about them, but what I will say is they slowly progressed us into having building antibodies, I think more than anything, um, and building up resistance and protecting those that are really infirm, you know, and, and, and have other problems. But that was so blunt. They were just like, boom, you know, it was like, yeah, it was like, it was a matter of a week. Like we get a message from our office saying that they lifted the travel restrictions in China. And then a week later, there was a billion people <laughs> locked down. It was like that quickly of a billion people sick. Yeah. 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 So it was crazy. You yeah. know, we were just, and it was, I forwarded it to the whole company. Cause I was like, this is insane. You know, like just imagine what, you know, and luckily the, the strain itself isn't as uh, powerful as the OG strain, you know, that came out of Wuhan. But, uh, yeah, it was, and it was interesting also to see over Christmas that people were out celebrating yep. in, in, you know, in defiance of even at that time protocols that were in place. They just wanted to, and then the, to hear about the travel. Oh, man. Yeah, they are that... traveling crazy. <laughs> Macau's back open. The gambling's open. You know, everything's open. I mean, it's like, what a stark change, yeah. you know, and that was so fast. And And all that's been coupled with energy prices staying high in Europe and Asia, which I think we were talking about back to Dicey and some of the production was required to shut down for a while because raw material prices were so high. So it's kind of a bit of a storm of potential supply disruption, it seems like, in Q1. Yeah, we're here, well, we were hearing that China was going to limit electricity consumption for January and February just with the high demand season in their winter. So that's affecting, you know, things like Dicey that are very energy intensive to manufacture. So we are starting to see prices pop a little bit, yeah. um, you know, with that and uh, some increased demand. So Freight rate's still a lot better, though, right? That's not trickling back up the, the container prices of... Stayed yeah, that's been flat to down maybe a little bit. That yeah. hasn't been much talk on container rate movement, but um, yeah, that's been less of a topic of conversation, which is a good thing. We'll have to go back to like the two years ago episodes where it's like we did an episode, it was 8,000, then it was 14,000, <laughs> it was 18,000. Like it's, it's crazy that that was, that was what we were talking about. Um, speaking to energies a little bit, kind of tracking raw materials, tracking oil, gas, things are pretty down for the last, uh, for the last, I guess 30, 45 days since our last recording. Um, you know, oil's kind of tracked down $10 a barrel or so. Big drop in nat gas. Nat gas was in the 650 range. Last recording we had um, now sitting in the $4 range in the U.S. at least. Um, so things definitely trickling down a bit. Um, we were talking a little bit this morning about starting to look at ammonia prices, which I think is a, a good thing to mention. Ammonia prices down $55 per ton or so, um, which obviously impacts a lot, of, a lot of different products that we, we oversee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a big, it's a good indicator for the general fertilizer market. Um, you know, that's one of the products that folks have expected to come down a lot more. Like before the run-up, like ammonia right now is 975 per ton. Before the run-up, it was in the, you know, 300s. So people are expecting that to be lower than it is, but, um, you know, blaming it mainly on Russia and, you know, their impact on the global fertilizer supply demand uh, yeah. situation. So. You know, we'll see where it goes. And it was even higher, right? It was what was it, eleven, twelve hundred dollars, even it, more maybe. At its highest, it was up to sixteen twenty-five. I think that was back in like April. That yep. was like at the mm. peak Russia uh, hysteria type type time frame. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, so it has come down quite a bit, but it's still got you know still got some more room to go. I think to hit the floor. Yep. 
Um, yeah, so despite you know oil gas coming down, it seems like prices are are mostly flat coming into January. Um, you know, even though raw materials are coming down, I think we talked in December as well. You know, there just wasn't as much demand to to support decreases. Really, I mean, maybe seeing some competitive situations here and there with some stuff coming off, but usually for the most part, a lot of products are are relatively flat coming to coming to January. I'd yeah. agree with that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, the uh, we we just hit a warm patch here, so that's uh, pushed natural gas prices down even further. Uh, that's not going to last. It's going to get cold again. Yep. Uh, the price cap on Russian oil, you know, sixty dollars. That's uh, you know, that's had some impact. Um, you know, so places like India and China are getting great deals uh, right now, as um, you know, as they're trying to find new homes for for their oil and gas. Um, you know the. The impact on petrochemical pricing has been, um, you know, mute because it's really only like a 10% change. You know, when you look at these things, people are like, wow, you know, natural gas is down and oil's down. Well, it's going up and down, up and down. It's never really, you know, it's set settling down month over month only slightly. You right. know, it's not massive change. And we expect as soon as things are, you know, we're now exporting from Texas to Europe. The first cargoes just arrived in Germany. Uh, they really quickly um, built a port to receive U.S. natural gas. We expect the energies to increase. We expect demand to increase in China. And I think that's why, you know, oil right now is a little soft is because there's that, you know, hysteria now. It was a Russia hysteria, but now the hysteria that the demand isn't picking up. China's not picking up quick enough, you know, so overall demand isn't pick- – well, it will. It'll pick up, you know. And uh, so I'm still, you know, feeling that uh, – you know, bullish that that energies will increase and and petrochemical prices are have hit a floor at this point. Yeah. Overall, so we've been talking about the compounders conference a lot, which is I think good. Um, obviously, sort of shows the importance, especially shows like that that are a lot more informational based. There's a, a lot to learn and just kind of hear what's going on in the industry. Um, so looking forward to kicking off the new year with a couple trade shows. We'll be at the World of Concrete show later this month, and then we're looking at the Chemicals America. Oh, is it is it even called Chemicals America anymore? Is it just the Sakma trade show? I've lost track. I can't. <laughs> so so it is officially Sakma. Okay. Um, it, yes. So I think people still refer they cross refer to it as Chemicals America, but yes, this is the Sakma show that's in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, it's formerly the, the Chemicals America Fort Worth version. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So for for those who previously attended is that um, yeah. So it's confusing. We're, it, yep. it is confusing, and especially since the contexts are slightly different, but we'll refer you to one another. You, It's like, whoa, okay, you still have it. <laughs> it's very interesting, but I'm just glad that I'm involved in it after, so I guess my, you know, it's a little more um, yep. <laughs> t- differentiated. But, yeah, so we have a, a booth there, um, so come visit TCC. We've got a handful of us attending. Um, AJ, Ben, myself, and Corey Mullins will be down there. So, yeah, so it, it, it'll be a fun time. Um uh, we've got a full day of the show on, I believe it's March 2nd, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, we've got, like I said, a, a booth there. Come see us. We're looking forward to it. And, yeah, it should be a, a, a good show to uh, kind of kick the air off after you guys go down to uh, Vegas. And obviously <laughs> New Year's usually has us hit the ground running with 
AFPM planning? Of course. Well, New not, Year's, Ben. That's, <laughs> that's uh, no. not, that, we, not that we haven't been talking about it. I, but. I was going to say, we, we start AFPM planning, geez, like almost a year in advance. Yep. Um, but yeah, so we're super excited for another fantastic year in San Antonio. Uh, come put visit little, the... Put a little invite thing right, right here, George. Right. Yep, we've got... Using my hands today. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we have our uh, golf outing, our cocktail party, but most importantly, we're looking forward to meeting with each and every one of our customers, suppliers, um, producing partners, um, and we are already have meetings in the schedule lined up. So it, it's fantastic. We have um, registrations for both the cocktail and golf events. But, you know, like I said, the the meetings, uh, it, it's great to see the schedule already filling up. So make sure you send a note to uh, TCC events at thechemco.com. And we also have our um, thechemco.com slash AFPM uh, website, which is going to be on that graphic that George has on the screen right now as well. Um, so yeah, please come visit, register, sign up to meet with us. We're, we're excited to see each and every one of you in San Antonio, March 25th through the 29th. Do you guys think you're ready for it? I think we're going to see more Europeans and I folks think... from Asia this year. So yeah, I am. I'm looking forward to seeing people that I haven't seen the last couple, three years. So yeah, definitely. It's always a, it's always a great event. Yeah, it sounds like there's been a lot of that, like, oh, yeah, I'm planning to go and XYZ is coming from Europe versus yeah. in past years, it's just been like, are you going at all? So right. I, I agree. I think it'll be. I mean, the global reshuffling is definitely means we should meet. We need to talk, you know, so uh, things have to be better planned and hashed out for, for you know, if, if the current geopolitical and war and everything continues, we've got a lot to talk about. Agreed. Should be a good week down there. Definitely will be. Um, wrapping things up with some some TCC news. Obviously, just getting past the Christmas season, which has been great. Um, I know we've had some. Um, we we missed our company dinner, but we're doing that tomorrow. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So we'll have our looking forward to get to get together, everybody. East. I haven't been to Plum Point <laughs> since I think we went once with like Ray or something. Like when I first started, it's the only time I've ever been there. They've so been. Uh, I'm excited to go back. Totally renovated. We got our yeah. own room and everything. Yeah, it's going to be really nice. Nice. I was talking nice to uh, our mutual friend Danny last night. It's his favorite restaurant in the state right now. I know. So, yeah. He loves it. Yeah, his favorite in the state. <laughs> wow. That's the yeah. yeah. big statement. Yeah. 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 Coming from Danny, that means uh, means a lot. He's a connoisseur of restaurants. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but he knows a good thing when he finds it. That's for sure. Um, we also, I say we, Caitlin and the customer service team really did a great job putting together. Uh, Donation for I think we we sponsored one one family with three or four young kids and we're able to to sponsor them for the Christmas season and give clothes and toys and gift cards and whatnot to to that family in Rhode Island and I believe Javier went to Providence and dropped the packages off. So. Yeah, I had some free time. Yeah, I know. We know. <laughs> <laughs> Conveniently around yeah. the welcome match. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> games. <laughs> no, no one ever volunteers to go up to to Providence, right? It's always the running joke is I drive all over the state. And Javi's like, I'll go. Javi's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all looked at each other like, really? Okay. <laughs> it's nice to have him back to work, you know, after the World Cup holiday. Yeah, you know? right, so, right, right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, that was, a, that was a great, great donation. Great effort by the TCC team putting that together. And I know there's pictures on our yeah, there, social media pages. People that were very happy, very pleased because we hit everything on their list and we weren't supposed to. So they were very happy, very thankful, appreciated. It was really, really nice. Everybody was super giving. Yeah, everywhere was very generous. Uh, so, yeah, that was very nice. Um, and on a podcast note, we're doing our Q1 episode with Kathy Hall. Uh, we'll be recording that and launching it likely in the next week or so. Um, so we had her on as the Q4 episode and we're looking forward to having her on as a frequent quarterly guest. Um, both her 
insights and, and the way she tracks some of these raw materials and the data that she provides us to create graphs and charts and whatnot is exciting. So looking forward to having her back on and have her on throughout 2023. She's a, a wealth of knowledge between the podcast. And I, know, I think you, you guys saw her in person. Did you go to the yep. Racemix thing? Yep, at Racemix. She was a speaker and absolutely phenomenal. And uh, she's also going to be a guest speaker at our Chem Club of New England event as well. So yeah, that's in uh, February. So Kathy Hall, she's She's awesome. She she is. She's and she's so enthusiastic. That might be why we get along so well. <laughs> Our personalities kind of mirror each other. So you enthusiastic? I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, but no, looking forward to having Kathy on. I think that sort of sort of wraps things up for our, our uh, combo December January episode. You guys have any uh, New Year's resolutions that we need to put on the record to, to chase you back twelve months from now and make sure they came true? Not me. <laughs> no, Nothing. I don't do resolutions. Bobby resolution? <laughs> no. Nothing? You gotta give me something. No, no. <laughs> Work hard. Work hard. <laughs> just a path of continuous improvement. I know. Exactly. No, nothing changed. Just continuing. Just to, oh. try to be a better person. Yeah. Yeah. Every day. Can't wait to see what that path looks like. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, all, all good right. things. Baby steps. Baby yeah. steps. Baby <laughs> steps. Well, as always, we appreciate you, li- appreciate you for listening. Uh, whether you're catching some of the clips or watching the video version or the audio version, hopefully you're watching the video version. You send send Javi a WhatsApp. Yeah, please WhatsApp me. Please send someone WhatsApp. Uh, WhatsApp. What, what, <laughs> <laughs> but as always, we appreciate appreciate you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.